The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Your new or existing home is one of your most important assets, yet too many people rely on sites, shows, and tips from people who are not in the real estate business when making important decisions. It's time to get real and trust a professional. This is Real Real Estate Today with host Deb Tomorrow. In this series, you'll learn about making smart decisions when it comes to buying a home, selling a home, or even staying in the home you're in. Now, here is your host, Realtor Deb Tomorrow. Hello, welcome to another fabulous edition of Real Real Estate Today. I forgot for a second. I need to focus. That's okay. My earpiece just flew out. Okay, (laughs) great. Uh, I am your host, Deb Tomorrow. A little scatterbrained today. I don't know why. I think it's like it's gray and dreary and cold. It's like the first like real like, hey, winter's here. Yes, and it's rained all and day. And it's rainy and my hair because it was, what's the point of styling it? Because it's going to rain and, you know, these are the troubles that we have. Um, you are, um, the voice that you hear is Karen Rastel, best name lender in the state of Indiana. Say hi, Karen. Hello. And we are going to talk today more about credit, and I think it's going to be a three-parter. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know. That's ridiculous. But it's such yeah. good stuff, and I hope that it's interesting to people because I think it's some really valuable information. Uh, Rachel, uh, who's with us, associate producer and um, – Let's see, what do we say? Face of an angel as she yawns. Or am I boring you? And uh, mouth of a sailor. <laughs> Three weeks out from brain surgery, although she's trying to convince people that she's four weeks out. And we are not going to tell her doctor that she drove here today. No, we're not going to tell. She's not supposed to drive for six so weeks. It's so it's just, just our secret. No, she just walked the five miles instead. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, that's what happened. Uh, anyways, last week she, she came in and she said that uh, Aaron, her boyfriend, was asking her a bunch of questions about credit. Because, you know, she's an expert now because she's set in on 40 of these episodes, <laughs> Right? And so he was asking her questions about credit. She's like, yeah, just go to listen to the show. <laughs> and I laughed because I had a lady contact me last week asking me about buying a property, one of my listings on contract. And I always ask when people want to buy on contract, I say, is it your credit score? You know, why is it that you think you need to buy on contract? Because it's usually not favorable to the buyer to buy something on contract. Mm-hmm. And she said, yeah, she had a divorce. And she's like, I'm sure you've heard the story before. And she was asking me some questions about credit. And uh, and so I sent her the link to the show last week. <laughs> here, just listen to this. So there's some good, good stuff here. Um, before we get started, you know, I always like to kind of clean house and talk about some things. Was there anything good on TV last night? Uh, what was last night, Monday? Uh-huh. No, but I got caught up on something. I don't even want to admit that I even started watching. Yeah. It aired on Sunday. It's just another reality show with another celebrity. Another reality. But that's Vanilla okay. Ice? No. I would no, I like watching his oh. shows. What show? No, I watched the Mariah Carey. Oh gosh. I know. I know. I liked her music in the nineties. I know, but is she as dingy as I mean, uh, I love you, Mariah. Send me money. I do too. But- I know I love her I love her music. No, it was really. like I watched it and I thought I can't get sucked into another another show like this. You don't want to but- talk about that other show that you watched? Oh, the... Uh-huh. Okay. That's such a good story. 
I have a good story, completely unrelated to television. Can I tell it, though? Because it's real estate related. Go ahead. I probably shouldn't, but I'm going to. I had this listing um, that was brought to me by an attorney because it was a divorce situation. And it was kind of a nightmare, and I'm not going to go into all the details. But the listing finally expired uh, over the weekend. And I was sure as heck not going to renew that listing because... You know, they were declining showings and it just, it was a train wreck and it was just like, I don't even want to be involved in this. So I go out to the property yesterday around noon and get my sign and I just you know, pulled in, got my sign, left. And at 4.30, I'm showing property and I start getting like text messages from one of the owners, the mm-hmm. husband, ex-husband. Okay. And he's like, I just saw my ex-wife come out and steal your real estate sign and drive off with it. <laughs> Did you say nobody? That was me. (laughs) No, he was like, and he kept saying it in a text message. And I was like, um, yeah, no, that I I didn't respond. I haven't responded yet. Isn't that horrible? It's been like 24 hours. I'm like, I don't know what to say. Uh, He's trying to get her in trouble. I'm like, what is wrong with people? Oh, gosh. I have to ask you off the air, which property that is. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Well, as many as you may have seen, if you're on Facebook, and I would encourage you to go there, um, I am doing a promotion, not promotion, I guess a thank you, uh, a give back program that I just kind of want to share with people. It's my 10-10-10 celebration. So next year, I'm celebrating 10 years of being in real estate. And so in honor of that, I am going to be giving 10% of every commission um, to 10 local nonprofits. So if you are local, have a local nonprofit, I'd certainly be willing to hear from uh, other areas too. Um, favorite nonprofits, please go comment on Facebook. Um, I do think that corporate responsibility is a huge thing. Um, and so one of the things I was going to talk about sort of segueing from that um, ends up being a little depressing. So I want to apologize for, I know Karen's like, oh, God, I don't know. I'll tell you more stories of crazy clients. But I found an article last week about how Facebook is putting up, the Facebook company is putting up $20 million towards a community investment program um, designed to address the severe housing crunch that's going on out there in their area, which is Silicon Valley, um, San Francisco, San Jose, places like that. And I thought that was really, you know, kind of tied into how I think everybody has sort of a corporate responsibility to make Mm -hmm. a difference. And certainly the housing crisis in the Silicon Valley is crazy. There was a number in here I saw. uh, Let's see if I can find it. Half a million new jobs have been filled since 2010 in the Silicon Valley, but only 55,000 housing units of housing have been added. That is insane. Crazy, right? Yeah. So then it got me thinking, um, you know, I was born in Silicon Valley. I was born in San Mateo, California. I don't think I knew this. Yeah, a long time ago. A very, very long time ago. But my parents bought the first house that they lived in probably in 1970 or so. And I think they paid probably somewhere around $25,000 for it. Is this like a Jan Brady Eve Plum story? Okay. Maybe. Two bedrooms, one bathroom, 1,000 square feet on Sunny Bray Boulevard. Zillow. We know how I feel about Zillow. Zillow says it's worth over a million dollars now. Wow. From twenty five thousand, <laughs> I don't know. It's crazy to like. Of course, I wish my parents still owned that because that would be awesome. But it's it's unbelievable. The the average uh, median price of a single family home in the San Jose, Sunnyvale, Santa Clara area is about a million dollars for a thousand square feet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and and one of the reasons I say this is sad is because I was reading this article and I was talking to Rachel before the show started. And I said I don't really what to do. I don't want to be depressing, but you know the horrible fire that just happened in Oakland. Mm-hmm. A large portion of that building was being used for housing. 
uh, and you know not not condoned housing and not you know approved zoned housing um, because the market out there is so um, unfriendly and unreasonable. Um, and so I, I just want to, I guess, say, you know, I'm so sorry. My heart goes out to the people that were affected by that. But, um, you know, Google and, and Zillow, or, and not Zillow, Google and Facebook and some of these corporations out there in Silicon Valley are doing some things. We're trying to give and, back. Yeah, and I, yeah. I guess I just want them to know that we appreciate that. And I want to encourage other companies to kind of do the same. There we go. Okay, so you don't want to talk about that other TV show? <clears throat> I'm also, I'm actually drawing a blank. I'm not quite sure what the season premiere of Fixer Upper. No. No, okay. Okay, we'll talk about it at break and I then discuss. Th- okay. I did send you the picture of Chip and Joanna in the shiplap uh, sweaters that yes. I totally want yes. us to get. Okay. Yes. And they had some controversy this week, too, but I don't want to talk about that. Okay. But you can Google it if you want to Google it. Yeah, okay. they had a little controversy going on this. Did you see that? Okay, well, everybody can go to Google. Google will tell you all about it because I don't want to. How's that? All right, let's review a little bit what we talked about last week. Um, We started this credit, the big credit show uh, in honor of holiday shopping. And uh, I was thinking it was going to be a two-parter, but eh, I really think it's probably going to be a three-parter. So last week we talked a little bit about what my philosophy on credit scores is and how it's sort of a personal or necessary evil. Um, It is a little bit of a game, and we're going to talk about some examples of people who have played the game, which I think is fascinating. Um, But it's, I I don't know. I mean, no credit versus good credit. Sometimes the interest rates are not as favorable Mm -hmm. for those that have no credit. There are ways to get the loan done, but you might be paying at an interest rate. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked about the, the concept of credit report versus credit score, that their credit report is there's three uh, credit reporting bureaus that collect all of your data. Uh, but that doesn't, um, that's just collecting your data. It's, and then a credit score is sort of a mathematical algorithm that a company called FICO, Fair, Isaac, and Company, uh, has put together. And I think they're constantly changing those. Um, I want to definitely remind people that there are over 50 models for creating scores. So again, when you pull your credit score online or get it on your credit card statement, that's not necessarily the number that a, a lender would pull. Um, I think that's really important for people to get. Um, the credit report actually started around the late 1800s, early 1900s with some retail companies doing research. And they would actually have, this was my favorite part of last week's show, the representatives of the welcome wagon going door to door and looking, welcoming you to the neighborhood and looking over your shoulder at what kind of furniture you had. <laughs> Probably what newfangled appliances you had or something. Sure. Um because I think that, and then using that information and compiling it. Um, I think that one story, what was it? Um, one of the one of the uh, credit bureaus, when they were bought out by another company, they had something like 400 filing cabinets full of 3.6 million index <laughs> cards with information yeah. about people. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what a bear to keep track of. Um, but... We've come a long way. We have come a long way. For sure. Um, and one of the things, the definitive, one of the things that we talked about was that there aren't any definitive places to turn, for consumers to turn and getting help with your credit score. There's no credit score doctor or therapist. There's no, you know, go to this booth in the mall and they'll tell you what you need to do. There are credit counselors. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about that next week. Um, and then there are some really shady credit repair scams. Yes. That we'll also talk about next week. I thought that was probably a whole show unto itself. But 
But there isn't really like, you know, a doctor that you go to that can help you figure it out. Um, one resource that I don't know, I'm, I would welcome your opinion on this, Karen, but one resource I think I would trust is the credit bureaus. Because I feel yeah. like they're regulated enough that they couldn't pull one over on you. I mean, I would agree. But when you say the credit bureaus, are you suggesting like talking to someone at Equifax, for well, example? Well, not necessarily. I mean, most of us, I had some notes here. And, uh, I don't know where they are. Um, you know, most of us are going online and doing research. And mm-hmm. what I'm saying is that like if you go to Experian.com, there are a ton of frequently Resource, asked questions, yes. videos. Yes. Um, and, and there are people who like actually ask the questions. I don't think I printed them off, but I may have sent them to uh, Rachel to post up on Facebook. You know, asking questions like, I need to raise my credit. I'm at a 620. I need to raise my credit score up to a 680 as quickly as possible how quickly can I do it those are questions that people ask yes and the experienced yeah. people are like um probably not going to happen that fast <laughs> Which, you know and then they kind of right. give the best advice you know basically you know you need to do the right things here are some of the right things to do and you need to wait because yes. that's what's going to happen and I would definitely take um their word over a blogger or anybody else yes. I mean get it straight from you know the the source yeah so I guess that was my point there is that if you do have a question certainly the credit bureaus may be a place to go to help you find an answer um the easiest answer is probably not the correct answer probably not which is sort of a i think a a a maxim in life i always tell my son anything that's worth something doesn't come by easy probably period so so we're going to talk today about what goes into that credit score and uh, sort of my top tip on each one of those things of what you should do just to kind of stay ahead of that um, and, and, and tilt the scales in your favor, I guess. So let's go ahead and go to a break, and then we'll get back into that. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. 
Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Inner Revolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right. Thanks for coming back. We are talking credit scores today, part two of the big credit show. I should say that in French. Le show credit Grand. I don't know. I'm just going to nod my head right. saying, yes, That's I understand. That's my French that. degree being <laughs> used. There you go. All right. We are talking about um, today specifically kind of credit scores, what the ranges are, how your credit score is calculated, um, and a little bit more detail on that. So please chime in okay. if you have anything to share. I have all kinds of things to share. That's true. Okay. So let's first understand the credit score ranges. Uh, Yeah, she doesn't share some of them (laughs) on air. That's fine. Um, We talked about this briefly last week, but we know that the credit score range is from 300 to 850, and that's a FICO uh, score, which is the company that created the algorithms that score. That's the math equations. Um, I don't know why we need to use a big word like algorithm. It just sounds like we're trying to be fancy in something we're not. We live in Indiana. No, and when it's people math. ask what the algorithm is, we're like, we don't know. They don't. No. They don't give us that secret. It's secret. It's we secret. just know that there's a lot of them out there. We should make like a uh, James Bond, Mission Impossible film that like goes. I guess steal the algorithm of the credit bureau. <laughs> Think about what you could do in world domination if you could like control the credit bureau, the algorithms for the credit scores. That's my million dollar idea. I am putting out there to the world. Okay. Anyways, um, so we mentioned what was considered good, bad, and excellent last year. So let's review that. But I also ha- thought it was some interesting how many people in the country typically fall into which category. Do you know? No, I, I don't have any idea. I know what I see. What do you say? Normally? Yeah. Are we talking a certain age demographic? No. Or I would say of the clients that I see, majority of them are definitely over 700. Yeah, that kind of surprised me. So here we go. From 300 to 579, which is a pretty big range, uh, that's considered poor, very poor. And that's about 17% of the population. I don't see too many of those. I might see a couple of those throughout the year. I think they they probably don't go to lenders because they're like, yeah, I can never qualify. Um, And even, you know, these are the applicants that could, even if you try to get like an electric bill in your name or something, you might require a deposit. 580 to 669 is considered fair. That's about 20% of the population. Um, They can get loans, typically pay, definitely pay higher interest rates. Mm -hmm. Um, And five, I think, what do we usually, anything under like 620, 640, you have to scrounge to find a lender who'll do it. That is correct. That's correct. 670 to 739 is considered good, and that's about 21% of the population. Uh, I thought it was interesting that only 8% of the applicants in this score range are likely to become seriously delinquent in the future, is what they say. I could see that. Uh, 740 to 799 is very good, 18%. I thought that was a pretty high number. 
That is a high number. So as many people, pretty much 17% very poor under 580 and 18% are 740 to 799. So, and then 800 to 850 is exceptional. 20%. That's pretty good. It is. I, I mean, restored my faith in humanity a little bit. <laughs> it's, um, I mean, I do see it's to me, it's, it is odd. Or I shouldn't say odd. It's rare that I see a couple. Mm-hmm. If I'm pulling a joint credit where both of their credit may be over 800. Mm-hmm. It's happened maybe, maybe once a year. Yeah. I mean, and let's remind people what happens if you're applying for joint credit with somebody else, whether it is someone co-signing a parent or a partner or a spouse, you're going to take the lower yeah. score. Yes. They're going to look at your the lowest middle score of the three major credit bureaus of, of all the applicants that yeah. are applying on that loan. Yeah. And that's what they're going to set the interest rate on. So then that may be one reason why, you know, we do often see like married couples and the mortgage will just be in one person's name because maybe one person just has really good credit and it makes sense to do that. I do want to say um, that I don't think these people are better than everyone else. I can say that as kind of being one of those people. We're not better <laughs> than everyone else. Um, but we probably have some different habits. And some of it are habits that have gone way, way back. So mm-hmm. that's something to consider too. Um, like the example I gave where someone had posted on Experian asking the question, I need to raise my credit score slow, uh, quickly. And Experian was kind of like, mm, yeah, not going to happen quickly. Um, so some of these habits with the people that are in the 800 to 850 have are deep-seated. But we're going to talk towards the end of the show about a guy who has a perfect credit score. Is that what he says? That's what he says. In that one moment in time? Yeah, probably perfect, in that one moment in time, yes. <laughs> perfect credit score. Okay. At one point in time, he did have it, but he deliberately worked towards it. So it's, it's an interesting story. Don't let me forget. Make sure I leave enough time at the end. All right, so how is that credit score calculated? Um, I think understanding the components that make up credit scores can help you wisely manage your credit decisions. Um, so it's broken down into five segments, generally. Uh, and again, these are sort of generalizations because we don't have the secret code and my retinal scan doesn't work to get me into wherever they keep the algorithms to determine the credit scores, <laughs> working on that Tom Cruise. Um, but, you know, we're going to speak in generalizations here. So the first thing that goes into your credit score is your payment history. Uh-huh. And that's typically about 35% of your score. These are those late payments. Um, the more recent the late payments, the worst the worse this part of your score is. Correct. Um, go ahead. And when we say late payments, uh, what gets reported to the credit bureaus are if you're past 30 days. Okay. So there are, I used to work for a bank where internally I could see when somebody was running 15 days past due mm-hmm. regularly or mm-hmm. even 29 days past due. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, creditor is not obligated to report uh, to the credit bureaus unless someone is over 30 days. So if you're someone who like frequently runs the clock down to 29 days, mm-hmm. meaning you're paying a late fee to your credit card company or whomever, mm-hmm. the credit bureaus don't know that okay. because it's not being reported as a late payment. Good to know. I know I've had a couple of times where I've forgotten to hit submit Yes. And paying an online bill. I did that once. <laughs> I, You're I like, did what? that once after rebuilding my credit thinking, no, like, right. no way. I've not missed a payment right. in like 20 years. No way. Yeah. And it, yeah, um, I've done that. And I think the nice thing for me was that my credit card company called me 
Of course, I was super mean to them because I was like, who are you? Why are you calling me? <laughs> they were asking very suspicious questions. I was like, I don't know who you are. Right. And they were just being really vague. And finally, it dawned on me. I was like, oh, crap. And I, and I hung up. I go, okay, got to go. And I hung up really quick. And I paid it on my phone really quick. But he called me like on day 29. Yeah. You know, That's an and awesome so that was company. nice of him. Yes. It was nice of them to do that because I think, yeah. So I've had that happen a couple of times. I had it happen with a mortgage once too, where I thought I had hit submit because I was paying it online and I didn't. And they, yeah. Um, so paid the late fee, but didn't get dinged on my credit for sure. Um, if your late payments are a while ago, I think they typically stay in your credit report for about seven years. I don't know how late, how long, well, I would say most credit history, you're going to see the last 24 months of mm-hmm. your repayment. Mm-hmm. Now, if something happened as far as it impacting your score, some like you could have had a 30-day uh, late payment four years ago, mm-hmm. and that is part of your credit history. Mm-hmm. I don't feel that that is impacting your score today. Okay. I think the thing to remember is I don't want you to despair, but this is one of those things that just gets better in time. Correct. So really all you can do, there's no way to manipulate this. It's just to make all your payments on time. And every day that you make an on-time payment, you're one day better to an even higher credit score. Mm -hmm. So there you go. That's my little bit of uh, motivation. Go team, go. Um, Okay. So that's 35% of your score is your payment history. Let's see if I can explain this one. I can, it makes perfect sense in my head, but I always stumble over the words when I try to explain it. 30% of your score, which is another, so these two together, 35 and, and 30%, that's 65% of your score. These are huge. 30% of your score is what we call the utilization rate. Do you call it that? No. Okay, utilization I, rate. I call it the proportion of balances to your credit limits. Okay. Because that's the verbiage that prints on someone's uh, adverse action notice. So an adverse action notice is, is if you've ever been denied a loan, mm. that creditor or lender has to provide a written statement of denial called an adverse action. And a lot of the reasons that you did not get approved for a loan, they pull that verbiage directly from a credit report. And typically it will say your proportions of balances to your credit limits are too high okay. or something along those lines. Well, we sound fancy using a multisyllabic <laughs> word, which is utilization rate. So basically what that's meaning is that the credit score is looking at your open lines of credit. Mm-hmm. Those are all your credit cards. What are their limits? And then how much of that are you actually using? So you may have, let's see, simple math. I did some examples down here. Like say you've got two credit cards and they're $5,000 limits each. You have $10,000 in limits. Right. If you're using $5,000 of that, your utilization rate is 50%. Mm-hmm. Um, easy math, yes. Easy math, right? So, and, and what's interesting though, here's the secret that nobody understands. Tom Cruise needs to go out on Mission Impossible and find us the answer. Is they kind of score it both ways. They look at your total available, but they also look at it by card, what your percentage is by card. Mm-hmm. And how each one's weighted, that's where it kind of gets crazy. And yeah, we'll go, I don't know. Um, but the rule of thumb is that you usually want to be below 30%, Correct. is what I've kind of studied and read. And I think that the people with really good scores are typically around 10%. If that, sure. If that. If that. I mean, or, or zero. But here's the thing I mean, a lot of people go, oh, well, I don't have any debt because I pay my credit card off every month. Yes. Moment in, moment in time, right? Yes, moment in time. So explain and, that to yeah, us. So I, you know, my husband and I, we pay our credit cards off every month as well. But if you were to pull my credit today, you will definitely see that my card has a balance because... Mm-hmm. Tony had a birthday last week. Happy he, birthday, Tony. Yes, he did. He did. And I had to buy him a tie. 
Yes. Yes. I didn't buy a tie. Oh. Uh, however, oh. he's not going to listen to this. I know that. So I had to buy him a bunch of Cubs World oh, Series right. things. So. Right. Uh, but putting that aside, um, so it's when you're, yes, when your uh, credit's pulled, it's capturing your current balance in that moment as well as uh, what your limit is. And that is where you definitely want to be at least 30%. Your balance should be less than 30% of your credit limit yeah. on that card. And so why does this matter? Um, typically, a high utilization rate is a sign that you may be experiencing financial difficulty. You're kind of maxing out your credit cards, um, and it's, it is seen as a strong indicator of lending risk. Um, so people with high utilization can hurt your credit score, can increase your uh, interest rates, and that kind of thing. Well, and now with lenders going and looking at what's called trended credit, mm-hmm. so they're looking at someone's repayment history. How are they repaying? Are they a revolver, meaning they're just paying the minimum due or a little bit more than minimum? Or are they what's called a transactor where they are paying their uh, entire bill in full every month? Uh, credit reports are now showing that. It's showing what your balance is, what you paid, and what your minimum payment due was. Mm, and yeah. So that's all being factored into credit decisions. And I think we touched on briefly at the end of the last show about some new new reports coming out and, and how the scores, FICO, they're always looking at new habits to use to kind of predict borrowers' behavior. Mm-hmm. And so those trending reports are important, but even things like we were talking about in, in India and um, some other countries, they're you know, using cell phone habits, which is crazy to me. I don't understand how that, any of that works. So. All right, let's run to a break, and we will keep talking about what goes into your credit score. When we come back, you're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. What makes a great leader? Most have a vision, one that starts beyond the resources available and continues from that point into developing a solid plan, organization, and company. 
Leadership issues are discussed each week on VoltCast, illuminating leadership with host Jeff Smith. Jeff has years of experience as a leader and executive coach, and his guests will bring you information that can help a team of any size. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. All right, we are back and we are going to be focused so we can get through all this really, really important information. You may need to listen to this show a couple of times because there's some really good information in here. Uh, share it with your friends. Uh, remember, it's on iTunes and you can just share that pretty easily. Um, so we we're talking about the things that go into calculating your credit score. 35% of your credit score is your um, payment history, mm-hmm. being late, being on time. 30% of your credit score is your utilization rate, or as Karen calls it, proportions of balances to credit limits. That's a lot of words. It is. Mm, okay. <laughs> uh, and then uh, 15% of it is your length of credit history. So how long you've had credit, the age of your oldest and your newest accounts, uh, how long specific accounts have been established. So obviously, the longer you have accounts open, the better. Uh, if we remember last week, we talked a little bit about my famous credit report, which calls me Dodora Toman as my alias name. Um, so hasn't caught on this week. Um, but it has uh, shows that I have a credit card from 1991. Very proud of that. And it's like you can't, I can't ever close that out now. I can't lose that streak, man. I know. I closed one that opened in 92. Mm-hmm. It was my favorite one. It was like an alumni card Aww. from Indiana University. Yep. One of my very first ones. I was so excited. Anyway, but I know. I miss that. One of the things that people hear all the time is don't close out an account, don't close out an account. That's we don't know why, but we know we're not <laughs> supposed to close out accounts, right, when it comes to credit. It'll mess up your credit score. And this yeah. is part of the reason why you hear that is because if that account has a good positive long history, it can help you. Mm-hmm. However, I think if it's got a bad history, it probably wouldn't hurt to close it out. No, but I also have people who say, I didn't even know I still had that account. I yeah. don't have the card yeah. anymore. Yeah. Should I just cancel it? And I'm like, please don't do anything until after you have purchased the house, yes. especially if you're getting the loan. But yes, if afterwards you still can't find that card yeah. from whatever department store, then yeah, go ahead and cancel it. But I did that a few years ago. I kind of went through my credit report and cleaned it up because mm-hmm. like, I don't know what that is. And I did close some things out because it just wasn't a credit card that I use. And I think I've had some credit cards close me out because yes. I haven't used them. Yes, because they want to take that available credit line that they've so graciously given you mm-hmm. and you are not using it. <laughs> <laughs> they want to give it to someone who who's actually to going it. to use it and keep a running balance yeah. and earn a bunch of interest. So off you kind of got to keep track a little bit. So we're going to talk about a guy here in a few minutes who has a lot to keep track of in that sense. So um, 
kind of interesting. All right, so that's 15% of your credit score. 10% of your credit score are the types of credit accounts you maintain. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I wasn't able to find as much information about this as I wanted to. A a balanced credit mix is important when um, managing your finances. It refers to the different kinds of accounts, like a credit card account, retail account, installment loans, mortgages, consumer finance accounts. And for some reason, that can impact your credit score. Why? Not really sure. Um, Well, think about it like this. If you're a young person starting out, or I say young person because most people start obtaining credit around Mm -hmm. 18, 19. But if you're a person starting out getting credit for the very first time, most places that are going to extend credit are going to be credit cards. They're going to say, okay, here's a card to Dora Toman, Mm -hmm. and you got a $1,000 limit, and we're going to start you out there. And they're going to – you'll have more – um, availability through a revolving type of card versus a bank or someone like that who's going to say, oh, you'd like an installment loan where you have fixed monthly like payments. Loan. Yes. That is different. Yeah. Um, so you tend to see people that maybe they're a little bit heavy with revolving credit where your minimum payment's only $25 or $50 mm-hmm. a month. It doesn't really show that they can make a steady regular payment over oh. a course of time. So, but revolving credit, I would say, is one of the easier ways to get your credit established and get started building a credit history. And it shows that you can, if you've got a little bit of variety, it shows you can manage your finances and yes. manage different things. And still maintain, let's say, a $150 mm-hmm. car lease or something mm-hmm. like that on a regular basis and not just, a, oh, pay $25 this month because your balance on your credit card is 300 Or the next month, your minimum payment's only you know $40. But that's... Ten percent. I think that that's fair. I mean, it's not. It's not a huge a whole, rate, exactly. exactly. Because the point I wanted to make was um, my uh, distribution of the various credits. I'm ninety eight percent mortgages. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's pretty bad. And two percent. Um, would that be re- revolving? Because it's two percent credit card. Yeah. And I don't have a, a car loans or any other loans. Um, and obviously, it's not really, that's not killing me. I don't feel compelled, like, oh, my gosh, I need to change this out. I need to, mm-hmm. but, you know, that that is something, I think, if you went the other direction, if it's all credit card and there's yes. no other kinds of loans, it can bring your score down a little bit. Um, but I don't know that that's anything that you need to worry too much about. It's just something to be aware of. And that leaves us with 10% of your credit score, another 10%, and that goes towards credit inquiries. I'm sure you probably have a lot to say about credit inquiries. I do. I feel like I'm a broken record. Um, you know, I hear different things from different credit reporting agencies, but uh, the bottom line is the more inquiries you have um, in, a, in a particular time frame. So, for example, a mortgage lender, the credit report that we pull, we will see any inquiry in the last 120 days. And let's say you've got a bunch of uh, utilities. I see that. Utilities Mm -hmm. companies will pull. Um, Credit card companies or installment loans or you want to go buy your furniture. Right, no money down carpet, no money down furniture. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so all of that is happening uh, not only prior to you coming to the mortgage company for a loan, but also during your process. Your lender is getting updates and we we know when when you've had your credit pulled. 
because uh, we're going to ask you about mm-hmm. it. And uh, we get information that, yes, you opened up that uh, home furnishing you mm-hmm. know, card and you have $5,000 of new furniture on there for the house you don't have just yet. Yeah. And you just hope that that monthly payment doesn't put someone's debt-to-income ratio over. Right. And then they so this is kind of the second time you've mentioned this and it, that that makes me want to remind people all the things that we're talking about today in terms of things you can do to improve your credit. These are not things that you should do once you have an accepted offer on a house and you are in the middle of a mortgage. Do not make right. any sudden movements at that point. It is what it is and move forward. But if you are in a lull, um, you haven't bought the house yet or you've just bought the house and maybe you have your eye on refinancing to get a better interest rate and you need want to clean up your credit, then these are things you should be doing. But do not do anything right. once that um, you've applied for that mortgage because um, we all know my story about the people who got the car lease and then had to go down to French Lick to the casino and put all their money on red to pay the car lease off so they could buy the house. I know. I know that story. Yeah, I know you know that story. I've, I know yeah. I told that story before too. Um, so there's soft inquiries and hard inquiries. What Karen's talking about are hard inquiries, which are things that you authorize. Soft inquiries are inquiries made by, um, they can be made by credit card companies just for the purpose of they want to figure out who you are so they can send you an offer. Um, but they aren't things that necessarily impact your credit score if it's a soft inquiry. The other thing that we talk about a lot, I know we've talked about it on this show before because it's it's a common thing is um, that Uh, The credit bureaus do have a little bit of common sense in that if you're applying for a mortgage and you want to talk to a couple different mortgage lenders, any, I I think 30 days is usually like any inquiries you've made in a a tight time period, they will sort of group as one inquiry. For a mortgage, yes. For a mortgage. That's Mm -hmm. what I, yes. Our, one of my favorite credit reps had said that, that if you pull, if a mortgage company pulls someone's credit today, um, that inquiry won't hit that person's credit report for another 30 days. So it is very wise to get all your mortgage inquiries if you're shopping for the best rate and and fees and all that is to get that done uh, within a, the same week or two-week time, time frame. Focus. 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 Okay. So let's recap that. Then we've got uh, 35% is going towards uh, or... 35% of your score is your payment history. So mm-hmm. obviously that is number one. Number two is uh, your utilization rate, or as Karen says. Proportion of balances to credit limits. That's 30% of what goes into your score. So those are the two biggies if you were to focus on those things. Um, and then the length of your credit history. I mean, you can't lengthen your credit history. You can't go back and redo the past, right? I don't want to get all deep and philosophical, but you can't. Right. Uh, so uh, that's just something to kind of keep track of, but do think about the accounts that you're going to open or close. Uh, that's 15% of your score. And then 10% are the types of credit and how it's split between mortgages, revolving debt, installment loans, things like that. And then 10% are uh, new credit accounts or credit inquiries. So again, if you are in the process of purchasing um a home and Jan at Kohl's, she's our local Kohl's person who tries to sell you the credit card and then say, you can just go and pay it off right away and get your 10% discount, um, which is a great idea. Thanks for helping me save 10%. However, I don't want the hard inquiry. Right. So there you go. Uh, let's, let's see. Oh my goodness gracious. 
Are we in segment three? I've lost track. Yes. This okay. Will be, yes. Thanks. This is the. All right. <laughs> so let's just uh, recap really quickly. Um, kind of my highlights from that or your takeaways from that. So remember now your payment history, 35% of your score. If you made mistakes in the past, there are, there's no quick fix. Just forgive yourself and do better. Mm-hmm. That's really all you can do. Every day you make a payment on time, the bad stuff gets further away and the good stuff counts for more. So just keep doing what you're doing. We're going to talk next week about credit counseling and some of the services out there and are there good services or how can you kind of get yourself out of a hole if you're in a hole and brainstorm some ideas on that. So that'll be a really good show too. Uh, 30% of your score is your credit utilization rate or as Karen calls it. Proportion of balances to credit limits. Keep your ratio under 30%. Um, really under 10 is for the really, really good credit scores. Um you know, don't go and use balance transfer offers to try and spread your debt out amongst <laughs> credit cards. I can see people going, ooh, I'll be smart. And I'll be like, I've got one credit card that's really high and the rest are really low. So I use balance. Don't do that. Just pay it down. Right. Don't get all, you don't know, get all fancy. Mm. Okay. Uh, 15% of your score is your length of credit. Don't go crazy closing out accounts. Think about it first. You don't want to necessarily lose good history. Uh, better solution to this, I love this one, freeze that card in a block of ice if you don't want to use it. Have you I, ever heard that? Well, I watched, you know, Confessions of a Shopaholic. That's like, Does she do that? She totally does that. Okay. <laughs> so you freeze it, and then that makes you think before you use it, you have to thaw it out. Yeah. So it gives you some time to think about it. So if you've got a credit card that you kind of want to close out, you might think about that as an option too. Um, and then 10% of your score is having varied accounts. As with life, balance is good. Variety is good. Uh, don't be like me and have 98% of your credit <laughs> tied up in mortgages. That's a little um, insane. But honestly, it's 10% of your score. So if everything else is in line, you're probably going to be okay. And then 10% of your score um, are coming from inquiries. Um, again, doesn't impact your score that much. Don't freak out. I think people get way too freaked out about, I, I can't I can't talk to a lender yet. I love this house, but I can't talk to a lender yet because it's going to screw up my credit because they're going to pull my credit. It's probably, it shouldn't impact impact your credit so much that you can't buy the house unless you're that close. Right. Um, right. But don't take Jan up on her offer to buy a Kohl's card or to get a Kohl's card. That would be my, or don't get the munchies and apply for a JCPenney card because they're giving away five pound bags of M&Ms. I can't say who did that. It may have been me. Let's go to a final break and we're <laughs> going to talk about some really good stories of um, some people who have sort of played the game with credit just kind of for fun. So stick around. You're listening to Real Real Estate Today, your home for smart real estate. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you interested in buying or selling a home? Not sure what the next step is? Deb can help. Go to realrealestatetoday.com and click on Start Here. You'll be asked a few simple questions and Deb will personally contact you to help answer your real estate questions and connect you with a realtor in her personal nationwide network of realtors. So even if you aren't in Deb's service area, you're guaranteed to find a good match wherever you are. Visit realrealestatetoday.com. 
Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Why do some people seemingly make the same mistakes when it comes to love and relationships? What is the best way to find love? Make a visit each week to Destination Love. Host Shelley Pumphrey will bring what you need to know to find love. No, it's not about the next fad, dating site tips, scoring the first date, or looking your best. Rather, it's empowerment, knowing that your authentic self works best and the science behind finding love. Destination Love is live Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern on Voice America Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Real Real Estate Today. To reach Deb tomorrow or with questions and comments about the show, please send an email to Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. That's Deb at realrealestatetoday.com. Now, back to this week's program. <laughs> All right, welcome back. We are finishing up on episode D of uh, our big credit show and next week we're going to talk a little bit more about it Um, but I wanted to end today's show with a couple of stories we've talked a little bit about you know how I feel like credit sort of a necessary evil and it's a little bit of a game Um, you know I don't know that there's anything out there that's going to predict accurately 100% every single time predict the behavior of a borrower. Um, but, uh, you know, so the credit game is sort of the best that we have. But I wanted to tell some stories of some people who have played the game. Uh, and the first one is, did you know this? There's a guy who holds the Guinness World Record title of Mr. Plastic Fantastic. No. <laughs> meaning, I know. No. Meaning he um, oh, has the most credit cards of anyone in the world. I may have read an article. On it's this a world's guy. record in this book of world record thing. How many? I'm dying. One thousand four hundred ninety-seven. Oh my gosh! Uh huh. Okay. Name's Walter Cavanaugh of Santa Clara, California. Walter should call into the show. I should. Well, you know, side note: Santa Clara, California, which was soon to be the site of Indiana football bowl game. December 28th. Oh, did so, they announce that? Yeah. Okay, I'm Foster sorry. Farms. I don't know. Is that bacon? I don't I'm not know. sure I'm what out that of is. The loop. Yeah. Anyway, so um, IU is going to Santa Clara in December. So we could go and hunt down uh, Mr. Kavanaugh. His wallet weighs uh, 38 pounds. So he carries all well, of them? Well, no, he doesn't. Okay. But um, <laughs> for, for the photo op for the world record uh, book, it's kept in the world's longest wallet, which measures 250 feet long. And if it were laid end to end, his cards would reach the top of a four-story building. That is so nuts. Yeah. He's got $1.7 million in credit. Available. Yeah, available. So I had to do some math. I'm like, what's that utilization rate? (laughs) And so I like scaled it back and I thought, okay, if he just has, because some of his cards, like the lowest caps he has, like $50. So if all of his cards were $50... And he carries balance on one, which is all he does. He only uses one card a month, and he pays it off every month. 
His utilization rate would be 0.067%. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So he was born in 1948 and says his credit score is nearly perfect. Um, He says all of his credit cards have different spending limits, but the lowest of which caps at $50. He started collecting credit cards as part of a bet with a friend. So this has made me think of, do you remember the Seinfeld episode? (laughs) Wait. Yes. Okay. Um, We're we're of age. Yes. I've watched all 10 years of that. Are you talking about the actual episode with the bet? With the, the what? No, no, go ahead. Where George has the big giant wallet and he gives him back problems. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. i sorry. My mind was going somewhere else. Okay. No, go no, ahead. Don't know that. So I think I, I sent you, Rachel, the YouTube link. So hopefully she'll put that up on Facebook because I had to rewatch that. It's pretty funny. George has this like really big wallet and he insists he needs everything in that wallet. But he has a bad back because <laughs> right. of he it. He can't even close it. <laughs> he can't yeah. close it. And then he, like when he sits in the um, cafe, he has to get a wad of napkins to put under his other butt cheek to like even himself out because <laughs> he sits side slanted. So that's what it made me think of with this guy. So, yeah, Walter Kavanaugh uh, of um, Santa Clara, California, 1,000. Mr. Plastic Fantastic, 1,497 credit cards. Wow. I know. Who knew? So I want to hear about the guy who, I'm assuming it's a guy, but the guy who um, his, you know, I guess his big desire was to have the perfect credit score. Mm -hmm. And what did he do? What did he do? All right. His name is Mike Scanlon, and he is a 50-year-old venture capitalist. Um, he runs a website about investing, and he wanted to see if he could get a perfect score of 850 just, you know, for the fun of it. Okay. Said he likes puzzles. Uh, he lives in L.A., and he likes puzzles, and so reverse engineering how a credit score is calcul- calculated. <laughs> calculated. That's, that's Indiana talking. Calculated. was a game for me. I wanted to get 850 just to see if it could be done since I didn't know anyone who had done it. It took him two years. Two years. I want okay. everybody to hear that. It took him two years. He started with a credit score in the mid-700s. It took him two years. To so go if like you need 100 to, points. So if you need to go 620 to 680, ain't going to happen overnight. Just saying. There ain't no magic there. Okay. So it took him two years. So what did he do? All right. Here are his steps. He, and it really wasn't that much, but because a lot of it was just hurry up and wait. He closed out some real t- retailer cards from Men's Warehouse and Pier 1. Why does he have a Pier 1 card? Hmm. Uh, which have very cre- low credit limits. But then he began, began increasing his credit limit. And people, I'm not telling you to do this. <laughs> do not do this. This is just illustrative purposes only. He began increasing the credit limit on his three remaining credit cards as often as he could, typically every six months. And they pretty much doubled or tripled his credit limits. And so what did that do? It made his utilization. Good job. Yes. It increases utiliz- yeah. or decreases utilization percentage. So that was one of the things that he did. Then he took a look at the diversity of his credit. Uh, He'd always paid cash for new cars. Um, He'd never taken out an auto loan. And so the next time he bought a car, he took out a loan with a very low interest rate and he paid it off three months later. And then he also took out, I thought this was crazy. He took out a $25,000 personal installment loan. Just Just, to, I know, do not do this. Okay, but what he did was he actually took that $25,000 and then invested it and made some money off it, repaid it in six months, so financially he still came out ahead. But it uh, it uh, increased his variety of types mm-hmm. of credit that he had. Um, so I said, but yeah, by, by ga- getting this loan that I didn't need, I was able to increase my credit score about 20 points. Uh, yeah, just by doing that. 
don't do it, people. I'm just telling you the story for fun, okay? Um, And then he says, there's nothing you can do every day. You have to wait a little bit and see, wait a month and see, wait I was going to say, there's a lot of timing going on because you don't want so many inquiries impacting your score. Yeah, and he can't necessarily say that, you know, that that taking out that $25,000 personal loan and paying it off six months later, you know, was that a one for one? Did that directly, maybe it was only 18 points of that increase? Who knows? Um, Because he admits that he could never be sure of what truly causes score to go up each time because also in addition to that every day that passed his length of good credit his history length mm-hmm. increased um and so that you know and that's 15 percent of your score there or no that's 30 length of credit that's 15 percent of your score i need on the wall in front of me you do a pie chart yes yes so today his credit score is 836 because he bought a house so, yeah, it was just kind of a moment in time that he did that. But that's what you need to do. And his his takeaway was that he thought it was bad that credit companies and scores don't consider assets. They just consider your debts. Um, right. And I agree. I think that that's a big missing missing link there. So, um, But, yeah, that's what he did. No. Don't do it. <laughs> I am not saying you should do these things. All right. So next week, we're going to talk more. If you've got questions about credit, please um, message me on Facebook or post them on Facebook or send them via Twitter. We'll see them and we'll do our best to answer them. Uh, We are not credit experts. Apparently, nobody is. Um, But we're going to send Tom Cruise to try and find those magical algorithms and then maybe we can be the experts. I don't know. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a wonderful week. We will be back next week. This was Real Real Estate Today. I'm your host, Deb Tomorrow, and we look forward to talking with you again. Thank you for tuning in to Real Real Estate Today. Please join your host, Deb Tomorrow, for another edition every Tuesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week, take care of your home. It's one of your most important assets.